0: around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Hello there. Welcome once again to the Gary Zimak Show. So glad that you're able to stop by. I'm going to be here for the next 30 minutes. I really hope you can stick around. Today on the program, we are going to look at the Sunday Mass readings for Palm Sunday. We're going to focus on the Passion of Jesus. And it's going to be a little different because most of this show will be spent with me looking at Matthew's account of the Passion. But but here's what's going to be a little different. When you go to mass this weekend, you're going to be participating. It's sort of a dialogue. What the church does is I mean, if you've if you've been to Palm Sunday mass before, you realize this. The church takes these readings, the different gospels focusing on the passion of Jesus and turns them into sort of a dialogue with some with the priest playing the part of Jesus and the crowd saying a few lines and the narrator commenting so it's it's sort of a a dialogue it's not a straight narrative what we're going to do today on the program is i'm going to read the gospel the pertinent gospel the gospel that details the passion of jesus matthew's gospel and deta- and just read it straight through so it's going to be a little different and and this is challenging this is challenging to do on the radio because it's less conversational than I normally do. This is such an important gospel today, the Passion of Jesus, that I'm not going to comment as I'm reading. You know, sometimes I do that. I'll comment throughout the reading and stop here and there. I'm going to read it straight through. I'm going to read it not too fast, not too slow, and in a few minutes, before we start the program we're going to pray that the Holy Spirit guides us this this is important this is so important when I know I didn't start to show yet technically but I just uh, I'm, I'm sort of in the zone about this because I, I don't want to mess this up this is such a critical uh, gospel passage that we're going to hear from today oftentimes we'll wonder does Jesus really care about me does Jesus really love me how much does he love me also is my sin my sinfulness that big of a deal? This gospel answers all of those questions. And what we'll do is we will pray. Today I'm going to address my opening prayer to Jesus directly. And we're going to ask him to pour out his spirit and help us to understand what it is that he went through and what he wants us to teach what he wants to teach us through his his passion. That's what we'll do at the end. If I have some time, we'll talk about it. And just see how it goes. But I really do want to thank you for joining me. This is a critical day. Next Sunday, we'll be celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ, but we are now entering into Holy Week, the holiest week of the year, where we do focus on the passion of Jesus. And ultimately, He's going to defeat death and rise from the dead, but we don't want to jump there just yet. It's good to keep it in mind. It's good to realize that His death on Good Friday is not the end of the story, But it's also not a good idea to overlook the suffering that he went through. So with that in mind, I ask you to settle in. We'll open with a prayer, again, directed to Jesus. And then we'll read his passion. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, we're about to read the passion, your passion. We're about to hear of how you suffered, We're about to hear of how you were treated. We are about to hear some pretty ugly things. Lord, I ask you today as we begin, first of all, to guide my thoughts, to guide my words, to guide my timing as I read through this gospel, so that we can obtain the maximum effectiveness of these Bible verses. We know that you have a message for us. We know that you want to teach us. Please use me to be able to deliver that message. And secondly, Lord, I ask you to open all of our minds and hearts so that we can really be able to go in, to enter into your passion and have a better understanding of how much you love us, how much our sin hurts you, and how much in control You really were. Because sometimes when we look at this story, it seems like you were the helpless victim. You were never helpless, Lord. You went through this willingly. You could have stopped at any time. Help us to appreciate what you did, why you did it, and let us know how we should respond. Jesus, we ask you these things in your name. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, well, again, really, thank you for joining me. I'll have a couple of comments at the end, depending on how much time I have. But right now, we're going to read from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 26. It begins in verse 14, and we'll end up in, in, verse, uh, in Matthew chapter 27, verse 66. Lengthy gospel, but this is the passion of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. One of the twelve, who was called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, What are you willing to give me if I hand him over to you? They paid him thirty pieces of silver, and from that time on, he looked for an opportunity to hand him over. On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples approached Jesus and said, Where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? He said, Go into the city to a certain man and tell him. The teacher says, My appointed time draws near. In your house I shall celebrate the Passover with my disciples. The disciples did as Jesus had ordered and prepared the Passover. When it was evening, he reclined at table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, Amen, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Deeply distressed at this, they began to say to him one after another, Surely it is not I, Lord. He said in reply, He who has dipped his hand into the dish with me is the one who will betray me. The Son of Man indeed goes, as it is written of him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would be better for that man if he had never been born. Then Judas, his betrayer, said in reply, Surely it is not I, Rabbi. He answered, You have said so. When they were eating, Jesus took bread, said the blessing, broke it, and giving it to his disciples, said, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant which will be shed on behalf of many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, from now on, I shall not drink this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it with you new in the kingdom of my Father. Then after singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, This night all of you will have your faith in me shaken, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, And the sheep of the flock will be dispersed, but after I have been raised up, I shall go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him in reply, Through it all, I'm sorry, though all may have their faith in you shaken, mine will never be. Jesus said to him, Amen, I say to you, this very night before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, even though I should have to die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples spoke likewise. Then Jesus came with them to a place place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took along Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to feel sorrow and distress Then he said to them, "'My soul is sorrowful even to death. Remain here and keep watch with me.' He advanced a little and fell prostrate in prayer, saying, "'My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will.' When he returned to his disciples, he found them asleep. He said to Peter, "'So you could not keep watch with me for one hour?' "'Watch and pray.' that you may not undergo the test. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Withdrawing a second time, he prayed again, My father, if it is not possible that this cup pass without my drinking it, your will be done. Then he returned once more and found them asleep, for they could not keep their eyes open. He left them and withdrew again and prayed a third time, saying the same thing again. Then he returned to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? Behold, the hour is at hand when the Son of Man is to be handed over to sinners. Get up, let us go. Look, my betrayer is at hand. While he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived, accompanied by a large crowd with swords and clubs, who had come from the chief priests and the elders of the people. His betrayer, had arranged a sign with them, saying, The man I shall kiss is the one. Arrest him. Immediately he went over to Jesus and said, Hail, Rabbi, and he kissed him. Jesus answered him, Friend, do what you have come for. Then stepping forward, they laid hands on Jesus and arrested him. And behold, one of those who accompanied Jesus put his hand to his sword, he drew it, and struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back into its sheath, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Do you think that I cannot call upon my Father, and he will not provide me at this moment with more than twelve legions of angels? But then how would the Scriptures be fulfilled, which say that it must come to pass in this way? At that hour Jesus said to the crowds, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to seize me? Day after day, I sat teaching in the temple area, yet you did not arrest me. But all this has come to pass, that the writings of all the prophets may be fulfilled. Then all the disciples left him and fled. Those who had arrested Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled. Peter was following him at a distance, as far as the high priest's courtyard. And going inside, he sat down with the servants to see the outcome. The chief priests and the entire Sanhedrin came, kept trying to obtain false testimony against Jesus in order to put him to death. But they found none, though many false witnesses came forward. Finally, two came forward who stated, This man said, I can destroy the temple of God and within three days rebuild it. The high priest rose and addressed him. Have you no answer? What are these men testifying against you? But Jesus was silent. Then the high priest said to him, I order you to tell us under oath before the living God, whether you are the Christ, the son of God. Jesus said to him in reply, you have said so. But I tell you, from now on you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of the power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his robes and said, He has blasphemed. What further need have we of witnesses? You have now heard the blasphemy. What is your opinion? They said in reply, He deserves to die. Then they spat in his face and struck him while some slapped him, saying, Prophesy for us, Christ. Who is it that struck you? Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard. One of the maids came over to him and said, You too were with Jesus the Galilean. But he denied it in front of everyone, saying, I do not know what you are thinking about. As he went out to the gate, another girl saw him and said to those who were there, This man was with Jesus the Nazarene. Again, he denied it with an oath. I do not know the man. A little later, the bystanders came over and said to Peter, Surely you two are one of them. Even your speech gives you away. At that, he began to curse and to swear, I do not know the man. And immediately a cock crowed. Then Peter remembered the words that Jesus had spoken. Before the cock crows, You will deny me three times. He went out. And began to weep bitterly. When it was morning, all the chief priests and the elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. They bound him, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate, the governor. Then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that Jesus had been condemned, deeply regretted what he had done. He returned the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned in betraying innocent blood. They said, What is that to us? Look to it yourself. Flinging the money into the temple, he departed and went off and hanged himself. The chief priest gathered up the money but said, It is not lawful to deposit this in the temple treasury, for it is the price of blood. After consultation, they used it to buy the potter's field as a burial place for foreigners. That is why that field, even today, is called the field of blood. Then was fulfilled what had been said through Jeremiah the prophet. And they took the 30 pieces of silver, the value of a man with a price on his head, price set by some of the Israelites, and they had paid it out to the potter's field just as the Lord had commanded me. Now Jesus stood before the governor and he questioned him. Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said, you say so. And when he was accused by the chief priests and elders, he made no answer. Then Pilate said to him, "Do you not hear how many things they are testifying against you?" But he did not answer him one word. So the governor, so that the governor was greatly amazed. Now on the occasion of the feast the occasion of the feast, the governor was accustomed to release to the crowd one prisoner whom they wished. And at that time, they had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when they had assembled, Pilate said to them, which one do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus called Christ? For he knew that it was out of envy that they had handed him over. When he was still seated on the bench, his wife sent him a message. Have nothing to do with that righteous man. I suffered much in a dream today because of him. The crowd, the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowds to ask for Barabbas, but to destroy Jesus. The governor said to them in reply, Which of the two do you want me to release to you? They answered, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with Jesus, called Christ? They all said, Let him be crucified. But he said, Why? What evil has he done? They only shouted the louder, Let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he was not succeeding at all, but that a riot was breaking out instead, he took water and washed his hands, in the sight of the crowd saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. Look to it yourselves. And the whole people said in reply, His blood shall be upon us and upon our children. Then he released Barabbas to them. But after he had Jesus scourged, he handed him over to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole cohort around him. They stripped off his clothes and threw a scarlet military cloak about him. Weaving a crown out of thorns, they placed it on his head and a reed in his right hand. And kneeling before him, they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. They spat upon him and took his reed and kept striking him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the cloak, dressed him in his own clothes, and led him off to crucify him. As they were going out, they met a Cyrenian named Simon, the man they had pressed, this man they pressed into service to carry his cross. And when they came to a place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull, they gave, they gave Jesus wine to drink, mixed with gall. But when he had tasted it, he refused to drink. After they had crucified him, after they had crucified him, they divided his garments by casting lots, and then they sat down and kept watch over him there. And they placed over his head the written charge against him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Two revolutionaries were crucified with him, one on his right and the other on his left. Those passing by reviled him, shaking their heads and saying, You who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself if you are the Son of God and come down from the cross." Likewise, the chief priest with the scribes and elders mocked him and said, He saved others. He cannot save himself. So he is the king of Israel. Let him come down from the cross now and we will believe in him. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him if he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. The revolutionaries were crucified with him. Also kept abusing him in the same way. From noon onward, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. At about three o'clock, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, Lema Sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of the bystanders who heard it said, This one is calling for Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran to get a sponge. He soaked it in wine and putting it on a reed, gave it to him to drink but the rest said wait let us see if elijah comes to save him but jesus cried out in a loud voice and gave up his spirit and right here we pause to reflect on the death of jesus christ on the cross And behold, the veil of the sanctuary was torn in in two from top to bottom. The earth quaked, rocks were split, tombs were opened, and the bodies of many saints who had fallen asleep were raised. Coming forth from their tombs after his resurrection, they entered the holy city and appeared to many. The centurion and the men with him who were keeping watch over Jesus feared greatly when they saw the earthquake and all that was happening. And they said, Truly, this was the Son of God. There were many women there, looking on from a distance, who had followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to him. Among them were Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of the two sons of Zebedee. When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who was himself a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be handed over. Taking the body, Joseph wrapped it in clean linen and laid it in his new tomb that he had just hewn in the rock. Then he rolled a huge stone across the entrance to the tomb and departed. But Mary Magdalene and the other Mary remained sitting there facing the tomb. The next day, the one following the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember that this impostor, while still alive, said, After three days I will be raised up. Give orders, then, that the grave be secured until the third day, lest his disciples come and steal him and say to the people, He has been raised from the dead. The last imposture. Would be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, "The guard is yours. Go secure it as best as you can." So they went and secured the tomb by fixing a seal to the stone and setting the guard. Well, there you have it. That's the uh, the Matthew's version of the passion. You know, I wanted to play it straight today. I didn't want to add too much because I believe that narrative, those words speak for themselves. So many details in there. But as I said at the beginning, a couple of things to really take, to extract from that gospel passage that we just read. Number one, there's a price that has to be paid for sin. And Jesus paid that price for us. He took all of our sinfulness, all of the sinfulness of mankind from the beginning to the end of history, before him and after him as well. He took it to the cross and he repaired that damage that had been done initially by original sin and then throughout the ages. He did it all. He took it on himself and through him and the grace that comes from his death on the cross, You and I have had that relationship with our Heavenly Father repaired and when Jesus rose from the dead, we now have the ability to rise again after we die and to enter into eternal life in heaven. That's because of Him. That's because of what He did. It is important to note that He is in control. There were several times where it's obvious that Jesus could have stopped this whole process. But it had to be done. We might not understand why it had to be done this way. But as you look at the details, as you look at what he willingly did, you know, the fact that he could stop it reminds us that this was done intentionally. Even though it involved a lot of pain, he was able to feel pain because of his human human nature, as well as his divine nature. But his human nature allows him to feel pain. He wanted to, to do that for us. He felt the pain. Because he loves us that much. You know, we look at so many instances within this story of people who just chose not to believe in him. They chose not to be open to the message of Jesus, figuring that the only way we can shut him up is to kill him. Well, they were wrong because we would soon, it's not apparent in this gospel passage, but we know the what happens after this, and we'll soon be celebrating it on Easter Sunday. He's going to rise from the dead. He's bigger than death. I think there's a lot to be learned here. I think if we look honestly into this passion, we're going to see ourselves many times in in the characters that we would rather not see ourselves in. We look at Pilate. We look at the people who condemned him. We look at Peter who deserted him. We looked at Judas who betrayed him. You know, we can see maybe a little bit of ourselves in all of those individuals. Would rather not. Would rather not, but I, I see myself somewhat to some degree in each of those individuals. And I think that's a good thing because we still want to work, you know. still have a few more days left of Lent. We still want to work at growing closer to Jesus, becoming more like Him, loving Him more. Thank you so much for listening today. If you have any questions, please email me at Gary at FollowingTheTruth.com. I pray that you have a blessed Holy Week, and I look forward to joining you next week as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. Thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you soon.